0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet family, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you for... Coming out again tonight, and um, I cannot encourage you enough to make sure you're with us on Sunday, if at all possible. Um, we're on a series called All in the Family, and um, this is just, we're just in a real important time right now. and We're in a crazy world right now, too, and um, God, God is speaking into our lives, into our homes, and so um, make sure you're here for that. You you're glad to be here? All right. Because some of y'all just, just being honest, didn't didn't look like you were glad. It's like your mom made you come or something. So, no, we're glad to be here tonight. Well, tonight I want to share a message with you called "Antidotes for Anxiety." Antidotes for anxiety. I think a good place to start with most things is uh, would be some definitions. And so let's get some definitions, and we all are talking about the same thing then. Um anxiety, how many of you have ever heard of anxiety before? <laughs> anxiety is kind of a um uh, it's an umbrella term that would cover fear, worry, nervousness, anxiety, and so forth. And let me say something to you. Um when we talk about anxiety, some people want to meet it and say, Well that's that's psychology, that's that's that kind of thing. Um you're going to be amazed if you read the Bible with your eyes open, right, to see how everything deals with our soul. That's how we're able to process God's truth. And what psychology does, and anything can be taken to extreme, and how many of you know that it, all extremes lead to error? But when you, you are able to mix scripture and see how the soul works, there are some keys out of psychology that would help us to just understand how our soul works. I think some people only want to take three promises out of the word of God and they don't understand why they're not getting free. And it's because there's some workings to do with how they're thinking, how their emotions are, how, you know, all of that works together. And so don't be put off by any of that. Understand that everything we talk about is going to be reflected out of the word of God. And uh, so definitions will help us. So we've got this term and this is a, a real big problem. This is epidemic, anxiety. And so, again, it's kind of an umbrella term that covers fear, worry, nervousness, that kind of thing. There are different levels and degrees of this. Um, People are affected emotionally, um, physically. It can impact you relationally uh, in a lot of different ways. There's different levels. There's disorders. Um, Some actually have to do with chemical issues. Um, Sometimes um, medicines are actually needed. And... um, you know, make sure you're getting good care and not just opposing things on your own or denying things on your own. Um, There's been a dramatic rise in, in anxiety in our culture. Um, It is estimated between 20 and 30 million people in the U.S. are impacted. Not, not just that they have, um, um, you know, some nervousness now and then. I love what Joyce Meyer says. How many of you like Joyce Meyer? And I like to always say this. I love her, but I'm afraid of her, okay? <laughs> but she says this, do it afraid. Do it afraid. There's just some things, you know, you're nervous, uh, you're concerned about, you feel some anxiety, but you just step over the line and you, and you go and do some things afraid. But 20 to 30 million people in our culture, in our country, are, are dealing with levels of anxiety that are impacting them. And so my question is, why? Why would that be the case? And I want to offer a few answers to that, and then we're going to get into some antidotes for that tonight. Here, in in just a nutshell, here's some reasons why anxiety is such an issue. First of all, in our culture, we're living too disconnected, living overloaded, carrying too much debt, living at too fast a pace, living without clarity in your life that will really frustrate you if, if, if you have a job you know your job but you don't know what you're supposed to be doing you don't have clarity on that that will frustrate you in that way lack of margin we talk a lot about that the more margin in your life the less pressure you'll have the more margin in your life the less pressure did I say that right no the less margin the more pressure the more margin the less pressure and maybe we vote for less pressure and then another big obvious reason why there's anxiety is we have an enemy of our soul. We have an enemy who will leverage any of those things and other things to, to pull some things on you. So that's kind of why. And the, but let me tell you how we're designed. We are designed to lie down unafraid. Yet we're the most medicated uh, sleepers in the world. But we're designed by God to lie down unafraid. We're designed to rest fully. I know people would say, I would pay money to be able to sleep all night. Usually those are parents of newborns. <laughs> we are designed to walk in the cool of the day with God. Yes, sir. We are designed to have clarity in life and in our tasks. We're designed to be at peace with ourself and peace with others. And get this. We are designed to travel at the speed of a camel. Think about it. And what are we doing? And it's just kind of crazy in life. So, no wonder. We're living beyond our design. We're living beyond what we're really designed to do. So, that would be like using uh, an old minivan, you know, to do heavy construction or a Toyota Prius (laughs) to pull a heavy semi-trailer cross-country, up hills, okay? We're just not designed to live the way that we're living, and then we wonder why we come unspooled. We wonder why we have, you know, anxiety and other issues in our life. So, and then there's all kinds of levels, like I said, of anxiety that, you know, disorders of... OCD and PTSD and different things that can affect us, panic attacks, which uh, more and more we hear of panic attacks, and if you're not careful with panic attacks, it, you know, it's, a sense, it's a sense that I'm coming undone, the world, everything is closing in on me and so forth, and it's a scary, real thing for a lot of people. And one of the things I want to remind you of is typically if you deal with those kind of things, it will pass in about 45 seconds to a minute. It's like, I just got to hold on, just hold on. And don't panic in the panic attack. You know, and some, there are certain things that kind of trigger some folks. And if you're not careful, if you don't deal with these things, then what starts to happen is you start to avoid things. You start to avoid people, uh, places, anything that triggers any kind of anxiety. You start to avoid those things. Now, watch, what, watch how the enemy gets involved now. And so to avoid those things, you start to plan your life, schedule your life around avoiding things, avoiding people, avoiding triggers, and you begin to slowly isolate yourself. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants you isolated. And so there are many, many ways that we can fight back and overcome, and I think we should. I said I think we should. So I know this has nothing to do with you guys, but you probably have some friends that you could take notes for tonight. Um, Let me give you one other definition, and it is this word antidote, because my title tonight are Antidotes for Anxiety. So an antidote is something that counteracts or neutralizes. So the word antidote, um, if you go into the etymology of that, anti means what? Against. And dote comes uh, from a word, a couple words that actually has to do with to give or given. So an antidote is something that is given against. So if you got bit by a cobra or a rattlesnake or something, you're given an antidote or an anti-venom. And it's something that is given against to do what? To counteract it, to neutralize it. So I want to give you some antidotes tonight to counteract, to neutralize Anxiety. If you're in for that tonight, give me an amen. Just get this thing fired up. All right. So it's best to avoid. It's best to deflect. It's best to not have to deal with us. But the reality is, a lot of people are dealing with this. So thank God we have some antidotes. So well, I'm going to give you seven tonight. We're going to move kind of quick. And then at the end, we're going to take a little time on this and um, kind of model a little bit of this uh, for you how these antidotes can help. So, number one, turn to God. First. Read it with me. Turn to God first. Even if you're requiring uh, professional help or counseling or anything else, else like that, still turn to God first. Say it again. Turn to God first. We reach for everything else, and always, this is always your answer for anything. For anything is go to go to God first. Look look at this in Second Chronicles 16:12. It says, and in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, watch this, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. Verse, where does it go? Verse 13, do you have it? I don't think I gave it to you. There it is. No, 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 no. All right, next verse says this, and he died. No joke. He died. What, what happened? Go back to the verse again. Go back to the verse. He did not seek the Lord but the physicians. This is not saying don't seek the physicians. The, the structure of this is what he put first. And so what you want to do is put God first. Seek God first. I say this all the time. We believe that all healing is from God. All healing is from God. The enemy doesn't want any recovery, any progress, any healing at all. All healing is from God, but we need to go to the Lord first. Amen. So look to Jesus instead of, I will do better, I will try harder. That's just sheer human effort, and you're you're not going to do it with with human effort. So start right. If we're going to seek God first, turn to God first. Start right, and the best way to start right is to start early. Start early before your day surrounds you and crowds you. Start to seek God first and seek Him early. Call on His name. Get used to calling on His name. And trust that His finished work on the cross is enough to defeat anxiety. Did you hear what I'm saying? Trust that His finished work on the cross is enough to defeat anxiety. Anxiety On the same cross at the same time that he paid for our our sins, forgiveness of sins. Isaiah 56 talks about this. And the same cross he also paid for our healing. He also paid for our peace of mind. And so trust that the completed work of the cross is enough to help defeat um, anxiety. Trust his desire. Trust his ability to help you. Believe that God is in control. And get this, when you believe that God is in control, then you don't have to be. Do you hear me? And that's a big problem when we're trying to deal with life and issues is we're trying to be in control. Let him be in control. Let me let me say it to you this way. You cannot deliver yourself. If you could deliver yourself, you would have already done it. This would not even be an issue for anybody um, or other issues in your life if you could do it. We need... God. We need Jesus. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. So we turn to God first. Look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32 and verse 33. Jesus is teaching. Context of this, he he repeatedly has said now in the previous verses, do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry. worry. The, The word worry there includes the idea of being anxious. Don't be anxious. He said, do not worry. And now he lands it here and he says, before or because after all these things the Gentiles seek now get this for your heavenly father everybody say my heavenly father your heavenly father knows that you need all these things what things the things you're worrying about the things you're anxious about your heavenly father knows that you need all of those things okay verse 33 but Instead of worrying, here's what you do. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's what I told you. Turn to God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In other words, God will help you with the rest of these things. So go back to 32, if you would. Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, now watch this. If you don't believe this line right here, that your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. If you don't believe that, you'll worry. If you do believe it, you won't worry. Uh, let's do it again. Your heavenly father, say, my heavenly father. Your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And if I seek him first, he's going to help me with the rest. If you don't believe that, you'll worry. If your heart is assured of this, you won't worry. So the first stop for all of this is turn to God first. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Secondly, change your focus. Change your focus. You have to, when you're dealing with anxiety, worry, fear, nervousness, you have to focus on the present. On the present, on the right now. We tend to get a blur of focusing on on the past and on the future. Well, this happened one time or this might happen. And so you need to focus, change your focus to the present. Get this. You need to have your head and your feet in the same place. You need to have your head and your feet in the same place. See, sometimes our feet are in this room facing this situation, but our head it's somewhere else, and you're not going to be able to focus right. So you need to focus on where you're at right now. Depression is worrying about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future. So what we have to do is focus right now, right here in the present, and know that God is with us here in the present. He is with you right now in the present. Was he with you in the past? He was, whether or not you took advantage of that. Will he be with you in the future? He will be. But we're not there and we're not there, we're right here. And wherever you are, he is also there with you. And so focus, change your focus on all of those things. And don't focus on the problem so much, focus on the solution and who the solution is. And and one of the ways to help us is to cast our cares. Look in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 in the English Standard. Casting all your anxieties, all your cares on him because he cares for you. Well, you can't do that if he's not with you. And he's with you right now in the present. So, turn to God first. Change your focus. And number three, here's a brand new one. You ready? Pray. Pray. Go ahead and say it. Pray. Pray. Look with me in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious. There it is again. It's all over the Bible. Be anxious for what? Which, which means don't be anxious. But in everything, everybody say Everything. Yeah. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, uh, be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Here's what happens. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, what you're anxious about, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Watch it in the message paraphrase here. Don't fret or worry. Period. Instead of worrying, help me out, pray. Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, go ahead, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry or anxiety at the center of your life you see that? It's wonderful when Christ displaces anxiety at the center of your life. I'm going to tell them. It's wonderful when Christ displaces worry and anxiety at the center of your life. Well, how do I get that? How do I get that? You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to take this to God and pray. And understand this. Talk to God. That's what prayer is. Talk to God and realize this. Don't miss this. Realize that God is a person, a holy person who exists not just in your mind, but outside of you, and He knows everything, and He knows what you're dealing with. And get this, and it doesn't stress Him. You need you need to connect with Him because He knows it all, and He's not stressed at all. And so the way we do that is through prayer. Everybody say, "Pray." Number four, be in community. Be in community. Um, You cannot go this alone. It's not good that you be alone. It's not good that you go alone. We talked a little bit about that on on Sunday. Uh, There is safety in numbers. And the New Testament, read it, the New Testament is all about one another. We need one another. We're to encourage one another. We're to bear with one another. We're to love one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to help one another. We're to serve one another. All of this is New Testament. Be in community. If you isolate yourself, you're, you're in trouble. You, you, you don't have what you need. God saw fit that what we need is also found in people around us. And we need to be in community. Here's a couple ways that we're in community. This is a big one. You ready? Serve. Serve. Some people, when they're going through something, that's the last thing on their mind. I'm not serving anybody. I'm going through something. Did you know what? That's one of the antidotes for what you're going through is to serve, is to help somebody. Go help somebody. And can I tell you something? Whenever you step out to help somebody, you ready? God always shows up. That's why you feel a sense of joy when you help out somebody. You go and brag on yourself, don't you? I helped this lady in the grocery store, and I have, yeah, I did. And, and you know what it is? You felt this sense of something. And I'm telling you what, when you help somebody, God shows up. There's joy in serving. And that always has to do with other people. It causes you, when you serve others, to get your eyes off of you. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but it helps you to get your eyes off of you. Another, another way to be in community is to ask for help. Just just ask for help. Look at, look at me for this. There is no shame in asking somebody to help you. There's no shame in that. Get in a small group. Have friends. If you don't have some friends that are, that are stronger than you, you're in trouble. My mentor, A.R. Bernard, says this. If you're, the, if you're the smartest one in your group, it's time to get a new group. Okay? So if you're the strongest one in your group, it's time to get a new group. You know, you've got to have people around you that can help you out in that way. And there is no shame in getting help, getting good counsel, getting uh, professional help even. You want to be careful where that comes from. And maybe others that you would ask, where could I get good help for this? But we need help. There's no shame in getting help. There's freedom In in getting help, there is help in getting help. Amen. So be in community. Number five, and this is going to be very important here stop answering. Everybody say it stop answering. answering. Y'all, I put an exclamation mark after that and y'all went stop answering. Come on, help me out. One more time. Ready? Stop Stop answering. answering. Okay. Now, there is a broken record when you're dealing with anxiety, there's a broken record of, of questions and thoughts that just keep playing over and over in your head. And I just realized some of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say a broken record. (laughs) Get with me later, okay? But there's this constant going over and over again. When you're dealing with anxiety, there's questions and thoughts that just keep going over and over in your head. And you need to stop answering. Have you ever done this? We've done this. Alicia just did this the other day. We get some kind of, call on the phone sales call kind of thing and she picked up the phone and she said please put me on your do not call list and please never call us again well you have some thoughts and questions that are coming over and over again you almost need to do that you almost need to say stop calling me stop answering stop put me on your do not call list and never call me again Because anxiety, listen, anxiety feeds on asking and saying the same things over and over and over again. When a person is dealing with anxiety, the same things are going over and over and over again. And they're thinking them and they're saying them over and over and over again. And you're going to have to break that. You've got to break out of it. And don't accept that you have to live with anxiety and fear and worry. Some of you have been told, well, that's just the way we are. Our family is this way. Grandma was a real worrier, and I'm a worrier, and you're a worrier. And I would, I would say, well, I'm running away. I'm getting a new family. Because you, you, you just don't want to accept that in your life. There's going to be something to worry about every day. Every day. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the worry bus is going to show up in front of your house every day. The anxiety van is going to pull up in your driveway every day. All aboard. And here's what you do. You go running out every morning and get on. Okay. You know what you need to do is go out there, and you might be a little sheepish at first, but you go, um, I'm not going today. I would dare say, get bold about it and go, I'm not doing this anymore. Drive myself. Don't need you. But you've got to stop answering to this. And you're going to have to break. Do you know how to change a thought? Think about it for a moment. If you have a thought that you don't want, do you know what to do with it? Speak. Your speech centers dominate your brain. And when you're thinking about something, if I go to say something... The rest of my brain has to stop to see what I'm saying. So, speak what you want to think. You ever get a song stuck in your head? How do you get that out of there? Sing a different song. Sing a different song. Um, and so what you're going to have to do is break this. Don't let this roll over and over and over. Same questions. What if, what if, and this happened one time, and you just, it gets, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. You've got to break it. Stop answering it. Amen? Amen. Number six, meditate on God's promises. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Meditate on God's promises. What do you mean, meditate? It's to think deeply, to think carefully, to just take your time on God's promises. Read them out loud. And there again you're kicking in your speech centers. Read them out loud. And then who's going to hear it? You're going to hear it. And you're just you're running it through your belief mechanisms. Heart, mouth, ears, heart, mouth, ears, heart, mouth, ears. You're running it through. And I'm telling you what, it will give you a good cleansing and it will build you up on God's promises. Well, where do I get God's promises? You get them from God's word. And anymore, we can do this. There are Bible apps, there are phone apps, or uh, you can Google, you can you can yahoo you can yelp you can chrome you can whatever you can you can find ways and you can honestly you can just go bible promises for fill in the blank and i tell you within within seconds they they're, they're going to come unless you're still on dial up yeah and so get those promises remember this what you feed grows what you starve dies You need that principle what you feed grows what you starve dies romans 15 4 says this too it's through the comfort of the scripture that we receive hope the comfort of the scripture we receive hope do you know what hope is it's to anticipate with pleasure to anticipate with pleasure what is anxiety To anticipate with dread. How do I get that hope then? It's through the comfort of the scripture. You're going to have to meditate, read, think on, and and get God's promises, what God says, what God's intentions are for you. And then lastly, number seven, worship. Everybody say worship. And we're going to do that here in in just a moment, kind of in a different way with a focus on something here. And by worship, music, you can sing, you can listen. Sometimes I have some certain uh, CDs and songs that I have downloaded and, and different things that, that it's like, what's going on with me? You know, I'm not in sin. I don't know what this is because I'm really not worrying about something. But why am I feeling this angst or whatever? And you know what will chase it away sometimes? worship and you say well i'm not a good singer you don't have to be a good singer god likes hearing from you and then sometimes employ some good singers <laughs> on a recording or whatever find some you can find them easy easy now and you can get them in seconds too. take advantage of technology and get get some of these you can be 2 30 in the morning and you're down and depressed and i wish you had some worship music you can get it you can get it in in, in a moment. You can, you can have some music there for you. And or you can hire our worship team to come to your house. Ha- no, no. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they if the worship van came by every morning? You know, that that would be that would be pretty cool. Get this so. Anxiety and depression makes you focus on you. It forces you. Hold your face to focus on you. Worship causes your focus to be on Jesus. And, he's, and that brings us full cycle. That's who you need to turn to anyway. And if you take your time, sometimes we run through things and we're not thinking about what we're even singing. And you need to slow down, think about it, connect your heart and your head and lift that up to the Lord. And I promise you, every time we come to church, worship's gonna be part of what we're doing. Not a song service, but we're gonna praise and we're going to worship. Look at Isaiah 35, Isaiah 35, 10. And the ransomed or the redeemed of the Lord, so that's us, that's believers, shall return and come to Zion, Zion, which speaks of the church, with what? With singing. I've been to some churches and they come with, sighing <sighs> but we come with what singing, singing. look what this with everlasting joy on their heads they shall going to church and singing they shall obtain joy and gladness and look what happens and sorrow and sighing shall what shall flee away Does that ever happen to you come into church y'all are even mad at each other yelled at each other in the car or whatever on the way and you get here and you're uptight and then, we, then you choose to enter into worship and listen to me, listen to me. We don't have a song service. We're lifting up the Lord. And so when you come in, it is for, it is for him. It's about him. But you participate. And if you don't participate, you miss out. You ever been to a pool party but you never got in the pool? <laughs> Dive in. Dive in. Well, oh, I'm not a good singer. You don't have to be. Oh, I'm not very demonstrative. You don't have to be. Just hook up your heart and let something come out of your mouth. We sang that song earlier. Your breath is in my lungs. So let me pour out some praise to you. Put some breath into my lungs. You know what? What, what if he said if you don't sing, I ain't giving you any more breath? You'd sing. You would sing. And he's not, he's not going to do that to us. But I'm telling you, something happens when, when we do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.